Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. I hope you know you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we're talking about one of our favorite events that we get to talk about here on Good Things. It comes around quick, fast, in a hurry. That's Dancing with the King there in Tupelo. They're up to some good things. Joining us to tell us more is Miss Charlize. Hey, Charlize. Hey, Rebecca. It's great to be with you. I just was telling Rhino, I feel like we just did this. Man, time is just like going by quick, fast, in a hurry. Um, but this is one of those events that we look forward to talking about every year. And I see this is 10 years. It is. It is amazing to me to think we've been doing this for 10 years because it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Now, have you been with it all for the whole decade? I have. I'm one of the founders. So that's exciting. When y'all thought of this, now that would be Mathis Hart. That would be in 03, 2003, correct? Thought about, no, 2013. No. I was going to say. 2013. (laughs) Mathis Hart, 2003. That had been 20 years ago. She says, I've been with it for a while, but not that that long. Did y'all think it would catch on and be around for as long as it has been? Well, we certainly hope that it would because we know that that's both bringing dancers together, Elvis music, how can you go wrong with that, and then making sure that the next generation has the opportunity to learn about dancing. Those are all really good things to bring together. And people just like to see their local celebrities get out and have a good time on the dance floor as well. So uh, take us back, though, Charlize. How does this work for those that may just be hearing about uh, Dancing with the King for the first time? How does the whole event go down? It is a fun weekend, so it, it's not just one thing. We actually have our big sock hawk that kicks off on Friday night. We have dinner, dancing, celebrity dancer competition. Uh, our youngest uh, amateur dancers compete that night for scholarships. Those are our 10 to uh, about 12, Yeah, uh, often dancing with their teachers, so the, the little, what we call the littles. And then um, we also have Elvis tribute artist Jack Curtis that night. And, you know, it's it's a lot of family fun, so it is a great opportunity to come out, $50 a person for adults. Your teens are in your $35 range, and 10 and younger is free. So it is a great thing for families to do together. On Saturday evening, we have another fun evening. This one's a little bit dressier, um, but it's still absolutely great family fun, same price point. But this time you get to see all the amateur dancers from around our region come together and show off what they've been working on and what they've learned. So people who love to watch things like 
Dance Like the Stars on TV. This is a great, fun thing to come watch. And it also wraps up with the pros dancing with each other, and there is nothing like watching pro dancers because they really do leave it all on the floor. And they make you think, oh, I could do that. No, no, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can. It just takes some time, effort, and energy to learn how to do that. But it's a lot of fun to watch them. Uh, that evening also includes dinner, and it is just a lot of fun. And then, you know, if you've ever watched a movie and you see the guys come out on the floor and they've got the, the number on their back and they say, welcome to the floor, couple number one, couple the, the traditional ballroom competition, we actually do that on Sunday, and you can come watch that for $15 a person. So it is a great whole weekend of fun. And, of course, we're doing this for a great cause. We're raising money to have dance lessons in area schools and to help some of the young dancers around us actually have some scholarships to get some training. So it is a wonderful cause as well. So over the last 10 years, Charlize, what have you seen the impact there in Tupelo by bringing dance lesson opportunities to maybe those that otherwise wouldn't have had the um, the opportunity? You know, I love that you asked me that question. Right now we have a professional dancer at the studio who started out She's the oldest of nine children, as you can imagine. There's there's not a lot of money in that family for a lot of different things. And uh, she's now a professional dancer. Her younger brother is a professional dancer in training, so he will be, he's, he is coming along. But it's not just about one family. It's about uh, taking a whole group of people and teaching them something that is going to go forward for the rest of their life. When you learn how to dance, you learn how to, to smile at people and how to go ahead and, and interact appropriately and how to cooperate. There's nothing like learning how to cooperate when you're connected to somebody else. You're trying to do something together. Well, too, and I think it's a form of expression. I mean, kids have got the wiggles anyway. Why not sort of give them a way to harness all of that and then to put it into something that they can see that's, um, you know, that tangible in a way that they, their effort can be noticed through, like, learning the dance and then being able to replicate the dance and then, you know, having that opportunity, too, to share it with their peers. I think it's cool. You know, it's like we talk about learning how to read music and play instruments. Like, the body's just another instrument to be able to sort of control and and then have the memory and the rhythm and all that to do it. I 100% agree, 100%. And, you know, let's face it, all of our kids could learn to be more active, and this is a way for some kids that they're willing to be active, where if you said, let's go run for a mile, they're like, ah, never mind. <laughs> some adults are the same way, Charlie. <laughs> they would much rather get out and cut a rug or whatever that whatever the cool kids call it these days than get out and, and actually run. I think, though, the part of adding the professional dancers in, coming to see the actual sort of competitions and things, that's not, you know, Dancing with the Stars and all of those other um, shows have kind of made that um, cool. But it's something we don't get to see often. And I feel like that's a that's a missed opportunity if folks don't get out and enjoy enjoy that. Where can they go to learn more about the dancers or learn more about all of these great sort of events that are going on? Our website is dancingwiththeking.com. You can buy your tickets right on the website. Ticket sales will go through the 22nd of October. We do have to give our, our caterer a firm count, so it doesn't run all the way up to the event. But the event is October 27th, 28th, and 29th, and we would love to have a whole bunch of people come and be part of it. After 10 years, Charlize, what's your favorite event over over the course of the weekend? Has it always been a weekend event, or did it start out as just sort of one and then morphed over the years? 
It's always been a weekend event, but it's definitely evolved. Like the celebrity dancer piece we've only done the last couple of years. Um, probably my favorite is watching the littles, watching those little kids get out there and show what they've learned with their teacher because they are so precious. And, and for some of them, you see that the, over the years, as we see some of the same ones come through, you see how they develop their confidence and how they come so far and just the opportunity to do something that it is just as fun. So now will you get to dance at all over the couple of days? I will be dancing. I'm actually performing Saturday night. Oh, what are you performing? I am performing a bolero. Okay, you got English. (laughs) (laughs) Bolero is a Latin dance. It is a fusion of both smooth technique and rhythm technique, which probably didn't mean anything. But it's a lot of fun, and I hope people come and to either night. But if you're coming Saturday, I look forward to having you see me dance. So when were you first introduced to uh, to dance as maybe either a creative outlet or something that could actually, you know, be a little bit more than just turning on the music and cutting a rug? So it was something that I wanted to do, and when I got divorced, I prioritized it. And so it was a way for me to, to get back in touch with myself once it was just me. So it's been about 13 years now. So yeah, that's a good, though, um, lesson for us to learn that if you if you didn't learn as a little, because I feel like with dance sometimes, Charlize, we feel like, it, and same thing kind of like with singing or any really instrument, you feel like you missed the boat if you didn't learn in those sort of formative years. But that's the farthest thing from the truth. You can You can pick up those new skills or learn those new hobbies at any age. I was over 40 before I started, so please don't let your age stop you. Come on down to to a, a dance opportunity near you and find out how fun it is. And come out and just watch uh, those that are mature in all decades. Come out, probably dance, and have a good time um, and, and support such a good cause, which I think you're doing such good things up there in Tupelo, Charlize. So, okay, where do we go? All the tickets, see all the different events, go ahead and plan our trip to Tupelo. Where's all that at? It's all at DancingWithTheKing.com. All right, DancingWithTheKing.com. You'll be back for year 11 next year, okay? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. I think that dancing is one of those things I'd like to think I could learn how to do right now, but it feels like it's tougher than it looks. I mean, you watch some of those transformations with shows like Dancing with the Stars, and they start out with, you know, two left feet, and then by the end of it, you're like, wow, you really can learn rhythm. And then there's some, it's like, you just didn't learn as much as maybe the other person did. But would you have said you could have cut a rug as a youngster? Did you ever find yourself in the middle of the dance floor? Uh, well, I mean, I did have to go to cotillion, which did was you? like the etiquette class where we learned all the box steps. Could you still do it if you had to? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You say that. but I mean, know. they used to sell those things you could put on the floor. Like you roll it out and it's got footprints on it and that's how people learn to dance you don't remember seeing that in the cartoons yes but my my oldest just had her first little middle school dance and let me just say they're not doing the box thingy me doodle anymore no. at, <laughs> at the school dances all right stick with us we got more for you coming up next that's all right Making your afternoon just a little brighter. 
It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Once upon a younger year, when all our shadows disappeared, the animals inside came out to play. When face to face with all our fears, learned our lessons through the tears, made memories we knew would never fade. One day my father, he told me, son, don't let it slip away. He took me in his arms, I heard him say, when you get older, you wild heart will live for younger days. Think of me if ever you're afraid. He said one day. Who is this, Rhino? Avicii. I like it. Don't forget you can listen to good things on supertalk.fm or also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can find the Sanderson Farms Championship here in Mississippi. It's our only PGA Tour event. And Supertalk Mississippi is giving you a chance to see the pros play. So now is your chance to win a pair of tickets. Be the... 18th. 18th, because there are 18 holes in golf. At least I knew that. <laughs> Person to text into the C Spire text line. That's 601-879-4395 with the key phrase to win a pair of tickets. And the key phrase is? Birdie. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, hold on. We'll get to that. So for more information on how to buy tickets, go to SandersonFarmsChampionship.com. Be the 18th person to text in birdie. So in the sport of golf, I hear it all the time. But what is it? I, don't have, I have no idea. What is a birdie? It's one stroke under par. Still not giving me any information. If you have use. a hole, say you're on hole one, <laughs> uh-huh. and hole one is a par four. Mm-hmm. That means you have four strokes, four shots to get the ball from the tee box into the hole. Gotcha. Which means if you hit a four stroke, so you hit four shots from the tee box to the green, mm-hmm. that's a par. Gotcha. You made it in par. Mm. If you do it in three, one stroke be- below par, it's a birdie. What if you do it in two? Then that's an eagle. What if you do it in one? Uh, Is that a hole in one? Hole in one. <laughs> Usually, but I mean, if you did a two on a par five, that would be an albatross. Really, really rare. I just really don't need to pick up something else. I need to learn new vocabulary words for. But, okay, I have been educated. I'll probably never put it to good use, which is why I am not eligible to win these tickets. You are. I still think, though, it would be fun to watch. I could support going out and having a time and trying to understand the game there of golf. I mean, I get the game, the gist of it, but all of the lingo and all of the rules and all of the things. I mean, if you're not someone who does that often, then, you know. You, you know, might as well learn something new today, which is what what we did, learning the word birdie, learning that the 18th person will get a pair of tickets to the Sanderson Farm Championship. And so if you would like your own tickets, you can do that um, by going to SandersonFarms.com. Rhino will let us know when we get our winner, winner, birdie. Dinner. Got a winner. Yay, we got a winner. Okay, so thank you all for chiming in. And I would say a little birdie. Ah told me you need to stick around and listen to Super Talk because there will be other opportunities for you to win tickets throughout um, throughout the week. And coming up this Thursday, you'll have Sports Talk Mississippi. They're going to actually be there at the Sanders Farm Championship. And then Middays will be there this Friday. And so we, we will be on board if you are out there. Um, what do they call it? Putting on the green? What are they? 
Walk hitting the links. Hitting the links. Although I think I that know. has to be a links course, which I don't even know enough about it to get into that. I, I know links courses are big and wide open, but I don't know. I don't think that's the real definition. I don't know. But here's something else I don't know much about, but you do. And <laughs> I do know it's cool. We've got a Mississippi native, uh, Miss uh, Connerly. She's a chef from the Pine Belt. She's been there for over a decade. She's showing off her skills with Gordon Ramsay's cooking competition, Hell's Kitchen. So I know that's one of or Gordon Ramsay is one of your, I guess, more favorite Food Network personalities. Oh, yeah. So I know he I saw where he's bringing back his, um, oh, what's the one, is it not Hell's Kitchen, but what's the one where he goes, uh, restaurant where the restaurants are bad? He goes in and tries to fix those. Or am I thinking about someone different? I mean, he does that. I'm trying to remember what the name of that is. Mm, kitchen. Kitchen Nightmare. Mare or something of that nature. And that makes me feel very unsafe about going into subpar restaurants when he opens up well those i mean it's fun to watch them they're great to have on the screen when you're busy doing other things but the second you start paying attention you start to see the formula oh gordon ramsay shows up gordon ramsay finds a problem gordon ramsay tries the food gordon ramsay gets angry gordon ramsay shuts the place down by the end of the episode it looks great you could do that for every single episode you could and then you wonder if you go back to some of those restaurants, are they still up and going or is there something, you know, um, have they shut down? Because running a restaurant's hard. We could have a ton of restaurateurs on here that would tell you it is not a cakewalk in terms of a business to run. And so all cylinders have to be firing together for it to make it work and then also be be profitable. But, okay, so Hell's Kitchen, that is a competition show correct correct so is it where they just get their um i guess ingredient or know their what they're cooking or how do they pair their the competitors kind of it's uh it's two teams so you divide the contestants into two teams and it's set up at a restaurant that gordon is running at that point in time and he usually will go somewhere find a spot open the restaurant have hell's kitchen in the restaurant because you have two sides of the kitchen with equal everything and each team gets a different side of the kitchen and they compete on service which is when everybody's in there wanting their food they, they all have to prepare the same things so it's it's equal in that sense but there are other fun competitions they do depending on like uh, you, you do service at night so during the day they're still there in the dorms or whatever so they have Activities like Survivor, where you you have a competition between the teams to see who's in trouble and all that kind of fun stuff. I just there's there's a lot of things I think I could do well under pressure, but chopping things with sharp objects just wouldn't be one of them. And playing with fire, I just feel like being put in that scenario with a with a kitchen in a kitchen would just be a recipe for me crying. That's <laughs> that's it. It would not end well. Like nothing would taste right. It would either come out burnt or undercooked or however it may be. And then I'm going to end up burning myself, cutting off a finger or having a little bit of what we call Smith fit in my family and throwing a knife at somebody because I'm like, get off my back. (laughs) I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) And yeah. Could you cook under pressure? Could you do that? Like, could you think? Because I could cook under pressure. I couldn't cook what Gordon Ramsay wants me to cook under pressure, no. Because it's probably fancy, fancy schmancy. Yeah, and it's, he is exacting to the point, because he got that from his mentor, Marco, Marco Pierre White, 
the the guy that taught him everything he knows where it's it's that tough love but it's because it needs to be exact it needs to be done because every precisely. dish tastes the same as yeah. it comes out and be done with perfection yeah yeah yada 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 well she's still hanging in there so if you want to catch this season of hell's kitchen we got a mississippi representative there uh, from the pine belt so it should be good stuff um, to watch this is going back to a couple of weeks ago or days i don't remember here on good things when we were talking about uh, skydiving and doing it a certain age if you live to a certain age that you would you know Throw three sheets to the wind, you're going to go skydiving. Well, we now have the world's oldest skydiver. They are 104. I feel like that's a liability for a lot of different reasons. But, hey, you're 104. That's what you want to do, you want to do. So a skydiving business in Chicago said it is seeking to have a 104-year-old jumper recognized as the oldest person to go tandem skydiving. Miss Dorothy, it's a lady, she jumped Sunday and unofficially broke the record set by 103-year-old Swedish skydiver Ruth, both ladies, in 2002. So when Miss Dorothy made it to 104, she said, hold my beer, Ruth. I'm going in the plane after you. So now... The real, you know, the real flex is making it the next year to be to be the oldest skydiver. So, <laughs> so like if you're hanging around 103 and this is something you think you want to do, you now got to hang around for two more birthdays to even qualify to be able to to have that Guinness World Record. At 103, though, I mean, is it, are you that worried about leaving the world with 100? With I mean, with the Guinness World Record, or is it cool? I mean, you would definitely be the coolest grandma. Do you know how worried for Granny I would be? At 104? But that's pretty cool, though. It would be the coolest grandma. I wonder if she has ever skydived before. I didn't catch that in the article. But, and I also wonder who, I need to know how Granny was let on that this was an option. Like, did that cool grandkid come up and say, yo, Granny, Ruth was 102 and she did it, or 103. I feel like for your birthday, <laughs> we should break a Guinness World Record. What you think? Huh? <laughs> oh, okay, so if you're on the brink of being 105 and you would like to have a Guinness World Record, here's a really easy way to do that. You just go skydiving and you will officially be the coolest grandma or grandpa out there. But you stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Joining us to tell us a little bit more about a cool conference that's coming up, it's the 2023 State Arts Conference, is Mr. David Lewis. Hey, David. Hey, Rebecca. How are you? I am not complaining. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's, it's great to start a new week. It is great to start a new week with like lows that are coming at the end of the week. So that's something to definitely get excited about. But also the statewide art conference. I didn't realize we had one, but of course the Mississippi Arts Commission would be all over this. So explain this to us. Like, is it who's it for? It's for really anybody who is, is a fan or is even active in the arts community. We want to attract. Uh, Arts professionals, so you might work for an arts organization, which might be a ballet or a symphony or even a local arts organization, or you might be an art teacher. But we also want to attract artists or people who are arts patrons to come hear about what's sort of leading and what's sort of front of mind for the arts in Mississippi. Which is really a, a lot, right? Like when you think about arts in Mississippi, man, that's a huge umbrella thought, right? It has so many different yes. forms or mediums or things under it. You know, the more that I dive into our art culture, the more I recognize that, wow, there's this whole great big world out there that I just didn't realize um, was sort of happening. And it's not really even that it's underground. It's just that if you don't have your finger on the pulse, you don't recognize, you know, everything that is considered art or could be sort of under that um, as well. So do you all see that there at the Arts Commission, that, I mean, there's just this vast community of folks out there getting their art on? Absolutely. Mississippi's known for producing really high-quality arts and culture. We have been for years. I mean, you think about all the actors, all the musicians that we're known for. We have more Grammy winners in our state than any other state. And we also, you know, those are homegrown people. And so we like to meet the, those those artists and those exceptional creatives right where they're at and really amplify their voice, but also help equip them with the skills that they need to keep doing great things. Okay, so explain some of those skills to me. If someone's listening and thinking, oh, this sounds really cool, maybe they're a painter or maybe they're into photography or, or a musician, what kind of skills, if they come to the conference, or just better knowledge about maybe the business side of art or, I mean, you tell me. Yeah, absolutely. There actually is a panel that we have called the business of art, and that will be talking to local uh, business owners who have been doing this. You know, they take their art and turn it into a business and been doing it for years. But we also have people who are going to talk about social media and ways to let others tell your story, but also still own your story, how to get earned media. We'll also have Landon Bryant, who is Landon Talks on social media, who is blown up on, on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, he's going to be there talking about social media and how to how to sort of get viral. Um, so we have all sorts of topics, even ways that artists or arts organizations can plug into the world of public art. We've seen so much exciting work done in public art with murals or sculpture or any sort of activation in the public space. And we've got some great people here in our state talking about the work they've done. I would assume the networking piece to this is probably you can't overstate how good that could be for for you, for your career, for maybe the next break, too, in the arts world. Absolutely. So when I started this job back in January and I was out listening as I was traveling across the state, I heard a lot of people talking about conference and saying that they loved it and that it was so jam-packed they didn't even get to see the people that they came with. 
And so I knew that there was a need for an opportunity to make more of that time happen. So we're doing just that. It's now a two-day conference, and we have some very specifically built-in time for that networking. In fact, on Wednesday, we're going to be spreading uh, our, our creatives all over the city of Jackson in small groups at different uh, you know, local businesses and whatnot, and letting them get together, and there's, there's no topic. It's just for them to get to know each other. It's just dedicated time for them to spend together, to talk about the successes they've had, to talk through some of the hardships they've had, and, and really be able to lean on each other and build a network of support. So this is less about improving your actual art, wherever that may be, but it's more about the sort of lifestyle around that or maybe taking your art in terms of as a side hobby or maybe stepping out in a bigger way entrepreneurially and having the support and getting your questions answered. Is that kind of what I'm hearing, David? Absolutely. Yeah, we're not going to have, you know, as many technical things. You know, if you're looking for a technical watercolor class, this won't necessarily be that. But this is a way to really amplify and plug into the robust arts community and also look at different techniques that are outside of that technicality and ways that we as an agency can help support through our network of of contacts to support the other aspects that it means uh, that, that, that relate to being a you know a full-time artist or an artist who's also you know working full-time in that capacity or even part-time and trying to make that transition and you don't have to be a working artist or a paid artist should i say i think all artists are working absolutely maybe a starving artist i think that was the word i was looking for you can be a starving artist you don't have to be a you know a well-fed one um to come this is for all levels all interest um, in that in that arena. Absolutely. Good deal. Okay, so the Mississippi Arts Commission, David, I think is just the best kept secret. I know you guys are putting on this great conference coming up October 11th and 12th, but remind us what you do on a daily basis. What do you do every day when you wake up, David? <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of different things, um, and they all relate to the arts. But one of our main things at the Mississippi Arts Commission is that we do granting. And while our main grant cycle happens between February 1st and March 1st, we actually just opened a round of mini-grants that yesterday that runs from October 1st to November 1st. And this is up to $500 for individual artists or $1,000 for organizations. They can apply for something that's, that's smaller but gets them going with some arts programming or some supplies for a project, maybe some promo materials, or even support for for uh, continuing education for artists. These are small ways that we can help support them through our mini-grants. But we also have our applications open for our, our, arti- our artist roster. This is an opportunity for artists to get on our roster, which is a great way for people to be able to connect with them and the skills that they provide, potentially hire them for gigs, that sort of thing. It, it's a, a, a reviewed application and, and a refined list that we have on our website. And again, that's artists of all all makes and models from. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that because sometimes again, when you think, oh, I'm not an artist, but you probably are if you're creating, if you're making something, if you're a maker, if you're, you know, then then you would fall into that category um, for sure. Y'all got a lot going on, David. Okay, back to the conference that's coming up quick. Where do people go to get their tickets or to think about um, planning their trip? Absolutely. So if you're coming into Jackson and want to join us, we'd love to have you. Or if you're in Jackson and want to join us, we'd love to have you. You'll go to arts.ms.gov 
for registration information. The conference will be on October 11th and 12th at the Westin Jackson. All righty. And then if we just want more information on all the good things that Mississippi Arts Commission is up to, do you guys have a website for that? We do. Arts.ms.gov is our main website, but you can also follow us on social media like Instagram at MS Arts Commission um, or on Facebook as well. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, David. I know you guys will have a great turnout. And thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Rebecca. All righty. There you go. Take Take these opportunities. If you are a maker, look it up, look into it. You may not qualify for one of the grants. It may not really line up for the type of art or the creative aspect that you're into, but it might. And like you just never know what kind of resources or things that are out there that you may be, you know, missing out on and could tap into. And I think one of the biggest things I wish more creatives that I have friends who, who are is you don't always have to make it your full time work to be considered a success. I think if you just genuinely enjoy creating, even if you don't sell any of it, but you like getting better at that skill or improving your technique or whatever, you should totally like lean into that for forever and ever. Amen. Because I think so much of our anxiety and our just um, inability to maybe quiet our thoughts and all that could be not Solved is maybe a strong word, but but at least better regulated with hobbies that use creative uh, efforts beyond. Yeah, not every hobby needs to be a side hustle. Yes, yes, I agree with that too. Yeah, it can just be an outlet. And not all doing. art needs to be for public display. No, I agree with that. And it doesn't matter if other folks like or don't like your art. Although my mama still has my little ceramic that's supposed to be a jewelry box, but I swear it looks like a cigarette ashtray. (laughs) Up and it's a prize possession. I was so proud of that thing that I made. I had like took a little toothpick and made the little indentions and everything, you know, sort of around it. And of course I presented it as a, as a little place to put your jewelry. And my dad was like, and that is an ashtray. But, hey, it's all in the eye of the beholder, right? Functional either way. All right, stick with us. we got more for you up next. And stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Back to 
good things. Don't forget, you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And don't forget, too, Middays with Jar Gibbert. He is going to be at the 27th annual Cruising the Coast coming up this week. It's America's Best Car Show. It was voted by USA Today. And you don't want to miss it. So that's Middays with Jar Gibbert from the Biloxi Town Green coming up on Wednesday. So if you are out and about on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, specifically Wednesday, get out and at least say hi. That's one broadcast every year gets the most and the occasional burnout and the occasional burnout on on the air because it just feels i mean how would you not ride by and see a radio show being played and not feel like you need to go and then i'm sure some have like different horns because it's all it's all the fun i thought it was fun that today is national name your car day now that doesn't necessarily mean you should you could i guess you can name your car today if you wanted to but i think it's more of paying honor to the vehicles or the, I guess, the motor vehicles in your life that you have named over your year, over the years. I feel like the ones that got that got that like recognition of not just being your car, your truck, old girl, old gal, whatever, that actually got named or had like a nickname. There were mem- there were memories made behind that wheel. So mine was my '99 Sunfire. It's the Sun Chicken. It was the Sun Chicken. From the beginning, because I was really proud of it, because it was two-door with a sunroof, but it was a four-cylinder, and I really wanted a Firebird. And so it was like the reserve parent's choice instead of a Firebird. You got a Sunfire. So my friends always picked on me that it was the Sun Chicken instead of the Firebird, and it just sort of stuck. And me and her, man, put some miles on 49, going back from Hattiesburg to, to Jackson, in the Sun Chicken, so I know you have one. You've got one that you've named. Oh, yeah. My very first car was a 1991 Chevy Cavalier RS that was a hand-me-down from my older brother. It was a car he got to go to college in. And then I got it when I started driving, and it was affectionately known as the tank because no matter what I did to it, it wouldn't die. It was underwater at one point. It was on fire at one point. It was almost 90 degrees vertical in a ditch at one point. Every time, pull it out, douse it off, dry it out, crank it up, drive it off. Couldn't what kill that thing. What happened to the tank? It finally got to the point where I was having to, uh, to put more time and energy under the mm-hmm. hood than in the driver's seat. And... When I went to college, it didn't seem like it was going to make it back and forth three hours from Tupelo to the Jackson Metro area. So at that point, I commandeered my little brother's first car, which was a 1990 Pontiac Grand Am. Keith and Meridian has a Bessie. He showed a picture of his car. That I am not good with, so you'll have to let us know what it is. Mike in Oxford, my 58 Fury was Christine. There's a story behind that, Mike in Oxford. Bobby in Batesville said, 80s model. Yugo. Yugo. My dad put it on in the side field and told me to learn to drive a stick out there. I drove it up a tree in that way. So if you've, if you've named a vehicle, boat, whatever it may be, 601-879-4395. You know, some of the more famous ones, you got Herbie, the Love Bug, Lightning McQueen from Cars, Kit from Knight Rider, General Lee from the Dukes of Hazard. I know someone who has one of the General Lees. I know there were like a lot of them. Oh, yeah. 
but they crashed. So many of them making that show. That had to be fun. Oh yeah. But anytime, that. if you ever go back and watch that show and you see them make the jump, if you ever see them land, just look at the axles. Nine times out of ten, they broke something on the landing. Here we go again, boys. I wonder how. I wonder that would be a good trivia question. I wonder how many General Lees there were from the Dukes of Hazard in total. Oh, it had to be hundreds. And I wonder how many they ever got to like reuse. Did they have like a General Lee mechanic? They like tried like won't get off, you know, like you have at NASCAR where they just sort of pull it into the pit and do their best. And at some point you just have to wave that flag. It's like she's done, boys or girls. We can't we can't do this anymore. Layla was the first song that came on the radio in my truck. Well, that's kind of cool. I had a 1978 Caprice classic. I called the Great White. I could put 10 people <laughs> I could put 10 people in there. Keith and Meridian said it's a 1966 Mustang. Bessie. I knew it was a Mustang. I just didn't know all the fun names and all the things um, around it. I swear I still see, because we ended up selling the Sun Chicken years ago, and I feel like I still see a faint glimmer of her up and down 471 every now and then with the windows down and some paint missing and all the things. And I'm convinced myself she's mine. (laughs) <laughs> and she's still going. All right, we're still going here, too. We've got more for you up next. you got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.